Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of the Property Magic Podcast, in which I'm going to share with you how to profit with purchase lease options. Now, this is one of the low money down investing strategies that I discussed in the last episode, number 10 of this podcast. I'm going to explain how you can make cash flow and equity growth on a property that you don't own. I'm going to show how you can acquire a property without the need for a big deposit or even to get a mortgage and why this is a perfect strategy for the current market. First thing I want to say is that this is a very misunderstood strategy. I was speaking at a property event this week and I asked the audience who are all property people, I said, please put your hand up if you've heard about or know about purchase lease options. And as usual, about 50% of the audience put their hand up. Then I asked a second question, which was, and keep your hand up if you've actually used a purchase lease option yourself. And by no surprise, almost all of the hands went down, apart from a couple of people in the audience who were my students, who I've taught them how to use this properly. So even if you think you know about this strategy, if you haven't actually done a purchase lease option, I'd suggest, well, maybe you don't really know it well enough. So I'd encourage you to listen very carefully to this and go over this audio again if you need to. And in fact, you can look in my book, Property Magic, chapter number six is all about this strategy, purchase lease options. And I've also got some in-depth free video training for you to watch at plotraining.com. And there'll be a link to this in the show notes as well. So now let's start off thinking about actually what is a purchase lease option or PLO as I call them. In very simple terms, it's where you rent a property from someone for a set period of time and you have the right to buy that property anytime within that time period for a price that you agree at the beginning of the option period. Now, it's important to remember you have the right to buy, but not the obligation to do so. What that means is if you want to buy it, you can. The seller cannot sell it to anyone else, but you don't have to buy it at the end if you don't want to. Now, let me be very clear here. We always want to look for the ethical win-win solution so it works for you and also the property owner. The biggest mistake that I see people make is they try and use this strategy when it's just not appropriate. And so because of that, the owner says no, and people think incorrectly that the strategy doesn't work, but it's because they're not using it in the right circumstances. What you're proposing to the owner has to be better than whatever the alternative is. Now, one of the great things about this strategy is it can be used in conjunction with pretty much every other property investing strategy. So in fact, it's not really a strategy, it's more of a tool that can be used in conjunction with single lets or houses of multiple occupation or serviced accommodation or deal sourcing or property development. So whatever you're trying to do, you can use this tool as a way to acquire property without big deposits and without having to get mortgages. 
So let me give you a numerical example to try and put this a bit more into context. So let's say a property is worth £200,000, and that's the true market value of this property. Now, you can actually give the owner of this property the opportunity to sell that property. So you're looking for someone who wants to sell, but actually doesn't mind renting to you in the meantime. You can offer them the full market price for that property. And if they're trying to sell it right now, they probably wouldn't achieve the full market price. If it's worth 200, they might sell it for 180 or 190 if they're lucky. And they could take that money and put it in the bank. But if they're flexible on when they actually get paid, you can pay them more than they might get if they sold it right now. And that's really important. That's one of the big, big benefits for this particular property owner. And then you pay the owner a guaranteed monthly rent. Now, that might be less than they're getting right now on the property. But remember, they have no hassle. You take on the management responsibility so they can walk away and completely forget about this property. And after all, if they sold this property, which is what they ultimately want to do, they would lose all rental income anyway. And so if you can give them enough to cover their mortgage and maybe a small profit each month as well. Now, ideally, this would be more than they would make if they took the profit from the property and put it into a bank where they really won't achieve very much income at all on it. If you can give them more than that, what it means is not only are they selling for a higher price, but they're getting some rental income as well, which they wouldn't otherwise get. So I'll show you in a minute just how much that could be worth to a seller. But back to this example, this £200,000 property, let's say you pay them £800 a month and that maybe that's enough to cover their mortgage of maybe £500 and they're getting an extra, uh, they've got a little bit of extra cost in there like insurance and things of 50 quid, And so maybe they're making an extra £250 a month, which they wouldn't make if they'd actually sold the property. So you take this property and you rent it out as a five bed HMO. And it might already be an HMO. You pick it up from a, an existing landlord who just doesn't want the property anymore because they're a tired or a retiring landlord. So it's five bedroom property. And let's say each of the rooms rent out at, say, £450 a month. So five times 450 is a gross rental income of 2250 now, if you have an HMO, generally you, the landlord, will be paying the bills. So let's say the bills are £100 per person per month, which is a pretty good estimate. So a five bed HMO, the bills might be £500 a month. So from the rent of 2250, 2250 you take off the 500 costs for the bills, which leaves you a profit of 1750 now, if you have to pay the landlord £800, that means you're left over with £950 profit a month. Now, remember, that's on a property that you don't own, a property where you haven't had to put a big deposit in and a property where you don't even have a mortgage. So how would that feel? Almost a £1,000 profit from a property you don't even own. Get a few of those and that's enough to replace most people's income. Now, I've not factored in the cost of management. So and I'm assuming you'd manage the property at first because managing a few properties doesn't really take that much time. But ultimately, you want to get someone else to manage your properties for you so you don't give yourself a job as a property manager. 
Now, as well as the monthly profit from this property, the value of that property might also go up. Let's say it's 200,000 now, and you've got five years in which you can buy this property. Well, the value of that property could go up to maybe 250,000 pounds. Now, it might remain the same, or the property might come down in value, which obviously you don't have to buy it if that's the case. But let's say the value does go up to 250, and you've got the right to buy at 200, well, that's 50,000 pounds of equity, 50,000 pounds of profit that you've got on a property you don't even own. So when you come to exercise the option, you actually buy it, you buy it for 200, and then six months later, you could refinance it up to the true value of 250,000. There are actually ways that, you know, certain bridging companies and crowdproperty.com might actually help you buy it for pretty close to the full asking price if the value is significantly more than the actual uh, price you're paying the owner. Now, you might be thinking, well, this sounds almost too good to tr be true. Why would someone give you a property where you can make almost a thousand pound profit a month and get the potential capital growth? Um, why on earth would an owner do this? Well, you've got to see it from their point of view and you've got to understand the benefits for them. And the biggest one is, well, maybe they just don't want this property anymore. They just don't want the hassle or the response. Maybe they've had bad tenants, they've had bad letting agents, and they just want to get rid of it. Or they've had a, a change in circumstances, and they no longer have the time or energy to manage this property themselves. But also remember, they can get more money from the sale of this property doing it in this way than a traditional sale. So let me just go over those figures again. So... Let's say you're going to give them £800 a month and their cost might be 500 or 550 a month. They might get an extra £250 a month that they wouldn't have if they'd sold this property outright. So that's a lot more than they're going to get if they left that money in the bank. So let's say they're making an extra £250 a month. That's an extra £3,000 a year. And on a five-year purchase lease option agreement, that's an extra £15,000 they get. In addition to the extra money they're going to get because you're buying at the full market price. So let's say it's worth 200 and that's what you're going to buy it for. If they sold it right now, they might only get maybe 190. So they're going to get an extra £10,000 than they would if they sold it to someone else for cash now, plus the extra £15,000. So this seller is going to make an extra £25,000 profit from this property because they're flexible about when they actually get the money. Now, this won't work for everyone, but we're looking for people for whom it will work. So this leads me now onto how do you know when a purchase lease option is an appropriate solution for the seller? And this is one of the most important things you need to understand. And that is, this only works when the seller does not need the money from the property sale now. You see, whenever there are people selling properties, there are two broad groups of people. The first group of people are people who've got a property and they're selling it because they want to access the equity in that property. So equity is the difference between maybe the value of 200,000 and maybe there's a mortgage for 120,000, thus there's 80,000 pounds of equity there. 
and the seller wants to access that money. Maybe they want to pay down their own home mortgage or clear some other debts, or maybe they want to invest in a new business, or maybe they want the money to pay for their daughter's wedding or whatever it might be. The whole point is they need the money now, and that's why they're selling their property. So for this big group of people selling their properties, a purchase lease option is not going to be appropriate. If you go to someone who needs the money now and say, I'm going to buy it in three to five years, they're going to say, well, get lost. That's not going to work for me. And they're trying to find someone who can buy it to give them the money they need. But there's also a second group of people who might be selling their property. And this is a much smaller group. But these are people who don't really need the money now, but they just don't want the property. They don't want the hassle. They don't want the responsibility. And so we can take away that hassle and responsibility we can buy it at some point in the future and probably give them more money than they would make right now. So the first and most important criteria when assessing if a purchase lease option is an appropriate strategy is if they don't need the money. Now, the second criteria, and ideally you want both of these in place, is that we have what's called favorable mortgage conditions. See, after all, you're going to be babysitting their mortgage. You're going to be covering the payments for them on a monthly basis and maybe giving them some extra profit, as I've mentioned before. So we want to make sure that there are favorable mortgage conditions in place. So what are favorable mortgage conditions? Well, first of all, it might be that there's actually no mortgage at all. About 25% of property in the UK has no mortgage on it. And let's say someone has inherited a property and it's the other side of the country. They really don't need it. It might have no mortgage at all. That's a great example of how we can do a purchase lease option, give them more money than they would get right now and give them a rental income much more than they would get if they sold the property and put the money in the bank. It works perfect in that situation. So no mortgage is really good, but most properties do have mortgages. So if they have a mortgage, we need to understand about the terms of that mortgage. So we're looking for a mortgage with a low interest rate. If someone's had a property for a long time that was linked to the Bank of England base rate, Bank of England base rate is very low. And so they might have a low mortgage, maybe lower than if you were to buy a property and get a new mortgage right now. Ideally, want interest only because that means they're just paying the interest, not repaying any capital. So again, it's going to be a smaller amount. Ideally, want a long term left to run on the mortgage. If they've only got two years left to run on their mortgage of their 20, 25 year mortgage, they're not going to be able to agree to sell it to you in five years because in two years time, they need to pay it off. Now, it is possible for them to maybe refinance and, and have a longer period, but ideally want someone who's got a, a long time to run on their mortgage period and we're going to have the right to buy that before their mortgage runs out. And then finally, ideally, a buy-to-let mortgage. Now, buy-to-let mortgage is usually one that a landlord has. They purchased the property with the intention of renting it out to someone else. Now, if they have a residential mortgage, i.e. they live there themselves, it's not supposed to be rented out. And to do things properly, we'd always want to go to the mortgage lender and ask for consent to let. Now, you never tell the lender you're going to do a PLO because they don't even know what that is. Just say that the owner, they can't sell the property. So they need to rent it out to be able to pay the mortgage. And most mortgage companies are fine with that. So you get consent to let to make sure everything is done properly. Now, the very best people to get purchase lease options from are landlords because often they've got the right mortgage conditions and they're more commercially minded than other people. 
And very often they don't need the money from the sale now. They just want to get rid of the property. They don't want the hassle anymore. So this is why landlords are the very best people to do this with. So how do you find potential purchase lease options? Well, the obvious place is to look at estate agents where people are looking to sell their property. And especially if the property is not selling for some reason, and especially if they've got a mortgage on it, you could go to them and say, hey, look, would you mind renting the property to me for a period of time? And then I'd like to buy the property at the end of that rental period. Now, the one thing you need to understand is that estate agents, they get paid when a property is sold. So if you go to an agent and say to them, oh, um, I'd like to buy this property, but in three to five years time, they're not going to be interested because they think they're not going to get their commission for three to five years time. But in reality, what we can do is we can agree that the agent gets their commission once the agreement's done. Now, a normal transaction, a purchase might take two to three months at the moment. But this contract, this purchase lease agreement, where the contracts are done to solicitors, so it's done properly, could be done in maybe two or three weeks. So in fact, the agent can get paid in two to three weeks instead of two to three months. And so this can actually work really well for the agent, as well as working for the owner, as well as working for you. You need to know how to say that to the agent so they get it and understand. Most agents will never have heard of this because they're not property investors like you. They're just people who sell property. A big tip, if you see a property that's available for sale and also for let, that means the owner saying, look, I want to sell this property, but I can't sell it in the meantime. I'm prepared to rent. And that's exactly what we're proposing with a purchase lease option. So you can ask agents, do they have any properties that are listed for sale and also for rent? And that's halfway there. The next thing is you can work with letting agents. Letting agents might have big properties they're struggling to rent out. You can go in and you can offer this guaranteed rent to the landlord, take the property on. Now, they may or may not want to sell the property to you. Um, if they don't want to sell, you could always use rent to rent, which is a similar strategy. You take the property on, you give them a guaranteed rental income. You then rent it for more money and make a profit each month, but you don't have the right to buy. So I think purchase lease options are much better than rent to rent, but not everyone wants to sell their property. Um, the other thing you could do is you can advertise, advertise for motivated sellers, people for whom um, they've got a problem property they want to get rid of. Now, some of these people, they do need to sell quickly and they do need the money now, but some of them might just want to get away from the responsibility and the hassle. And so an option might be suitable. And then my favorite thing to do is to specifically look for landlords, tired and retiring landlords. You should be putting on your social media the fact that you help landlords who want to get rid of their properties. You can go to property network meetings and the, the PIN meetings we have every single month all around the country. You can go to pinmeeting.co.uk and we are seeing more and more landlords coming to those meetings looking to sell their properties. And I'll explain why in a moment. Or you can even write direct to landlords seeing if they want to rent or sell their property. Now, I actually go through this in episode number nine of the Property Magic podcast, where we talk all about buying property from existing landlords. If you haven't listened to that, that would be a great episode to go back to and listen after you finish listening to this one. So how can you actually use this strategy? Well, you can live in a property yourself. You don't have to rent it out. And this is something I've done. Uh, I was looking for a new house in Edgebaston in Birmingham. I was looking for about the £500,000 mark. And I saw this property for sale and for rent. 
spoke to the agent and he kind of understood it because he'd been a commercial agent. And in the commercial world, options are used. They're far more common to buy buildings and businesses and land, etc. It's residential property where it's only really been used since about 2005. So it's still relatively new. And I was able to live in this property for a year. Now, at the end, I didn't actually buy it. I handed it back to the owner and he was happy because he actually sold it for more money than I had agreed to buy it. The market had gone up, but I was able to live there and had a right to buy if I wanted to. Uh, it's a long story why I didn't buy it. I might explain that in a future podcast. But what most landlords do is they'll rent it out. So you can either live there yourself and you can live in a bigger house, better area than you did previously, or you can rent it out on a single AST contract, uh, or you can multi-let it. You can use it as an HMO or serviced accommodation, or you can use an option to flip property. Um, and actually, that's how I learned how to do this myself. I, I made a mistake. I took on a property that I wanted to buy back in 2007. I started paying the mortgage for the owner. I was going to buy it. And I didn't realize it was a freehold apartment. And it's very difficult to get a mortgage, particularly at that time, on freehold apartments. So I realized I couldn't buy it. I didn't have enough cash to buy it. So instead, I put it on the market. I was able to find a local buyer through an estate agent who was a cash buyer who was buying these properties. It was a lovely uh, army barracks, sort of sandstone building. And this investor was buying them and renting them out as serviced accommodation. And I was able to sell it for him for cash for more than I'd agreed to sell it to the owner. So I walked out with about a £4,000 profit. So in a way, I kind of flipped this property. So if you're deal sourcing or want to flip, you can also use this strategy as well, which I learned by mistake. Now, as I said, I've been using this strategy since 2007, but I can honestly say that right now is probably the very best time to use this strategy because of what happened in April 2017. That's when the government brought in what's called Section 24. And I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but very briefly, what this means is if you own property in your own name, which most landlords do, and if you are a higher rate taxpayer, which most landlords are, it means you're going to be paying a lot more tax on your property income. And the reason is you can no longer offset the mortgage interest against the rental income to reduce your profits. So technically, the profit you're making goes up and thus you have to pay more tax. Now, the reason the government's introduced that is for a couple of reasons. I think they don't want as many individual landlords. They want to encourage people to own property within a company structure because it's easier to tax. It's easier to legislate against and maybe a few other political reasons. But the fact is this has come in and it's not good news for landlords. Some people are moving their properties into companies or limited liability partnerships. But there is a, a whole load of landlords who might have been investing for 10, 15, 20 years. And their exit strategy was to at some point sell their portfolio and sit on a beach with a big pile of money drinking cocktails. And they're thinking, you know what, over the next few years, I'm going to be paying more and more tax, despite having the same amount of hassle and, and grief from the property. And we're seeing more and more landlords looking to sell up and retire early. They're bringing that retirement decision forward. How do I know this? Well, we've got our ear to the ground at these 50 plus network meetings all over the country. And I can tell you for a fact, we're seeing more and more landlords coming to these meetings, looking for people who can they, they can sell their properties to. Now, some people, some landlords might know about this strategy. Many won't. And whenever we speak to someone about purchase these options, we never use that terminology. We just talk about renting their property for a period of time, giving them a guaranteed rent 
with the option to buy that property sometime in the future. It only works if they don't need the money now and ideally want those favorable mortgage conditions. But right now, we're seeing more and more landlords looking to sell up early. Now, this is going to be an opportunity probably for about the next 12 months because people who want to sell up, they're going to be finding a solution in the next 12 months. So this is one of those things where speed of implementation is really important. You've got to take action. You've got to use this information. So that's why I prepared some extra training for you on this completely free of charge. You can go to www.plotraining.com and watch some video training. It's going to give you some more information about this. This is one of my favorite strategies. I do hope I've inspired you to look into this and learn more about this and start using this as one of the many tools in your property investing toolbox. Now, in the next episode of the Property Magic Podcast, I'm going to talk about how you can actually fund your property purchases and the different sources of deposit money that you can use and get you to think about some of the hidden assets that you never even thought about using before. Plus, I've got a special gift for you as well. But that's going to be in the next episode. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property training for free. All of the details are in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.